hot over here. Yeah, man. <laughs> we're, still, we're still rolling on that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> 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 wow. It's hot in here because of the hot content. Oh, that red hot interest rate talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is sweet. Cameo, nice. <laughs> Man, look at this. Just ruin the staging. Yeah. Now you're going to spill it. <laughs> Cheers. Hey, great time. Have a french fry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Chapel Chats. I'm Johnny Chapel. We used to do these in my backyard, which was a perfectly good location, but we have upgraded. As you can see, we're here at the Iron Oaks at 3800 Glenwood inside the Beltline in Raleigh. Come here for what we're having, a craft cocktail, a beer on tap, some fries, some pimento cheese dip. They've got apps, they've got really good food, indoor and outdoor seating, and they've got a golf simulator over there. So if you hear something pounding uh, during this uh, recording, don't freak out. It's just somebody swinging a nine iron uh, on the other side of the wall over there. So. Welcome to Chapel Chats, 3800 Glenwood, conveniently located below our new office. The Chapel team has moved into 3800 Glenwood, uh, the Compass Midtown office with our partners at Compass. So we're excited to tell you more about that maybe in an upcoming uh, one of these chats. For now, big topic today, not just beers and apps, we're talking about interest rates. And Cedric Burke from our uh, preferred lending partner, Cross Country Mortgage, was kind enough to stop by in the middle of the afternoon, have a beer. Uh, thank you for, for, for giving us some time in front of the fireplace here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. First and foremost, uh, what are you having? I'm having a local IPA from Clayton, North Carolina, Deep River Donkey Sauce. Very nice, from yeah. Clayton, uh, Johnston County beer there. I'm going over to Concord. What county is Concord in? Cabarrus. Cabarrus County. You win the prize, Ian. Uh, this is 26 acres, the IPA from uh, from their shop out in Concord. So we're keeping it all local here with the beer selection today. Again, they got really good food, really good beers and, and craft cocktails here. So come on over to the Iron Oaks and check it out. Enough of that, let's get into the interest rate talk. Uh, it's been a hot topic, pun intended, uh, of conversation for the last few months. Why, it seemed like rates went up pretty quick yeah. and uh, it seemed like they went up a good bit from some pretty historic lows that we consistently kind of enjoyed. Give me your take on why that happened. Sure. Well, hot topic is right. Yeah. You know, it's appropriate we're sitting by a fireplace. Mm -hmm. uh, this has been the topic of the hour. So rates have been historically low, uh, honestly, probably too low for the last couple of years, obviously for good reasons. The economy needed propped up and that big inflation word has been creeping up and yeah. now the Fed is trying to get ahead of it and put rates probably where they should be to help the economy keep going. Now, by all accounts, we're a little artificially heightened right now. You know, rates have, have settled somewhere in the upper fives to mid sixes in many cases. By all accounts, we're going to come back down, but I think it's important to remain optimistic. By historical standards, rates are still great. Yeah. We're in a top three market nationally, you know, locally. So I think we have to keep that optimism moving forward. When, when you said earlier that, that, that we were just kind of pumping too much money into the economy, that was COVID related? Sure. Tell me about that. Yeah, so a lot of COVID-related stimulus, mm -hmm. you know, where the Fed has been purposely keeping rates suppressed yep. by, by buying bonds and other measures, and that can't go on forever. You know, and we have, I think it's important to realize we have an entire generation that has really never seen rates above 4%. You know, so there's a natural reset happening, which we've seen happen over the last few months. I think people are, are understanding their budget, especially at some of the higher price points, and recalibrating a little bit. But we will move forward and things yeah. will be fine. That's a good point. I bought yeah. my first house, let's just say a few years ago and uh, early 2000s and my rate was 7% mm -hmm. and the lender at the closing table said, hey, you're never going to want to refinance this sure. rate. It's as low as it's yeah. ever going to get. Obviously, the last house I bought locked in at a 2.5% rate, mm -hmm. which to your point, 
was crazy low. It was it was it was surprising how low the rate is. Where we are now, let's just say upper fives and sixes, seems like a big jump because mm -hmm. they were just at three and a half or sure. four. Uh, but historically speaking, it's still cheap money um, yeah. to buy or to invest in real estate. Sure. And you got to realize we haven't seen this since the mid 90s. Yeah. 1994 to be exact, where we've had a rise uh, this, this, to this degree. And so rates have doubled in the last six months. That's a hard adjustment. And so a lot of our job is educating consumers, educating our partners, understanding what the market's doing, why those dynamics are working the way they do, and planning for the future. What is, okay, let's, let's go there then. So I'm, I'm a first time home buyer. We help a lot of first time home buyers uh, at Chapel and perhaps I've been trying to get that credit just right or I've, I've trying to get the income just right to put me in a perfect position to buy that house. And then I go and, oh, that, that 3.75 rate that I was looking at is now five and a half. Sure. Uh, and some people are literally getting maybe priced out of the market or mm -hmm. certainly priced out of the home that they were hoping for. Sure. What is your advice? Is it still better to lock in now? Do you sit on the sidelines and, and, and get even more qualified by savings or by income? Or give me your thoughts and what you're telling uh, folks who are in that position. Well, first, I think that's an individual conversation for each consumer. Sure. And we try to approach each one that way. Um, it really depends. You know, with your first time home buyer, I think you have to look at a rent comparison. As we know, rental rates have escalated as well. So in many cases, even at higher escalated rates, buying is still the right move. But I think, you know, what we've learned in this market is lock. Yeah. You know, we were having these conversations in March, April and thinking there's no way they can keep going up this quickly and we're two points higher. Yeah. And so I would rather advise a customer to lock and be on the safe side. You know, we as a lender offer float down options. So hypothetically, if rates were to decrease during the process, they may have an opportunity to get a lower rate. But my advice is to always protect yourself, protect your investment, plan on where rates are now. And if rates drop in the future, it's a bonus. Good, good, good thought. And I like the, the tailored approach. It's not a one size fits all. It's going to be that, that, that 55 year old buyer might be looking at their entire investment portfolio and just income and wealth sure. differently than that 25 year old buyer. At the end of the day, I think you mentioned this earlier, we're still fortunate to be in the geographic location uh, that we're in where uh, number one, there's still not enough houses on the market. There's mm -hmm. not enough for everybody. Uh, and two people continue to move here at, at a pretty frenetic pace. So, uh, investment-wise, even at a 6% rate, uh, I don't want to sound salesy and say it's still a good time to buy, <laughs> but uh, we're in a good place where you're likely to do well just on the investment side of real estate. Well, in some markets, you know, prices may go down, yeah. you know, over time, but in our market, I don't think we will. As you mentioned, we're blessed to be in a market with so many great job opportunities, so many great uh, local, local hiring colleges and universities sure. and just such a Education dynamic base, market. Yeah. yeah. And so that covers all bases and all different market demographics. So in our market, I don't see the appreciation stopping. You know, I think we will continue to grow into one of the top markets in the country. So it's important, especially for that first time buyer, buyer or those making the investment, yeah. make sure they've done their, run their math correctly. I would agree. I also think just from a real estate standpoint that our market was just like in your world, it was overheated yeah. for the last couple yeah. of years. We were in this kind of just white hot environment where every house that we listed was going to get multiple offers and sell for 10, 20% over list price. It just wasn't, it, 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 sure, it, it, it was fun uh, yeah. uh, for the time that we were in it, but it didn't feel sustainable. Uh, it didn't feel necessarily healthy. There were a lot yeah. of buyers who got extremely frustrated and went to the sidelines because they competed on five or six or seven different houses and they, they, they didn't get them because they were competing with an institutional investor or a cash buyer. Uh, it, it seems like maybe the, the brighter side of the economic situation that we're in and going into will be that there are a few more opportunities for people looking to buy. 
I think we're going into a more balanced market, you know, to yep. your point. You know, sellers have had all the advantage for the last two years. Unfair advantage. Uh, unfair advantage. And we've seen situations where, you know, people are buying homes sight unseen from different parts of the world and different parts of the country and putting down these massive due diligence and earnest money deposits and, and honestly having remorse through the whole process, but they felt they had to make a move or they were going to miss out. So I think you now have buyers have a chance to really make a methodical decision, understand what they're getting into, uh, not worry about if I look at this house today, it's going to be gone in two hours. Yeah. You take the time to really do that research. And most folks do this three or four times in their lifetime. You know, and it's the largest investment most will That's ever true. deal with. So yeah. it's important they have the time and ability in a balanced fair market to negotiate appropriately. That's a, that's a good point. It, it, is there, and I hate to say uh, kind of high level surfacy on this, but are there two or three tricks uh, or two or three tips that you would give someone who is looking to get into, whether it's an investor or a first time buyer or a move up buyer, which we see a lot of relocation buyers in our area, who are all of a sudden faced with the new reality of a higher rate, which means a higher monthly payment and it might limit what they're able to buy. Uh, a few things they can do to put themselves into a, a better situation. I know you want the tailored approach, but are there some things, three or four top things that you would recommend? Sure, credit score is always king. Okay. You know, we're in the risk-based business, you know, so we're, we're looking at credit score and historical um, context of, to your borrowing history and how you're going to treat this loan. So higher the credit score, better loan you're going to get, better sure. loan options are going to be available. Um, higher the down payment. Now, we as well as others in the industry offer zero down payment and many options, but the higher the down payment, lower the monthly payment. Okay. You know, more of an investment you have in it. Let's say appreciation was, was to stop and something catastrophic happened, obviously the larger down payment you have at home, you're yep. protecting your equity position. So top three for me, credit score, um, down payment, and then really just researching and making sure you're getting the age of the property. You know, are there repairs looming? Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. Just knowing what you're getting into and making a smart buy versus an impulsive buy. Knowing that things can change, and, and as we've seen, they can change you know, daily or weekly, yeah. uh, is now a time where you're seeing more interest in different types of loan products. So not just your traditional 30-year fix, but maybe a 20-year or maybe an arm, or maybe it's a, it, you qualify you're into the jumbo. Is there any pieces of the market that are, are getting a little bit more attention now that things have changed? Absolutely. As you know, this has been a 30-year fixed market for the last two years. For a while. Yeah. We're, we're moving to more of a niche market now. Okay. Where you're seeing the, the buy-downs, you know, where, yep. where folks are able to partner with builders in many cases and lenders and buy a rate down temporarily. That will go up in the future. We're seeing more demand for adjustable rate mortgages. Uh, for the last couple of years, fixed rates have been really at the same level, if not slightly below in some cases, mm -hmm. adjustable rate mortgages. Now those spreads are going into more of a, a natural environment where arms are a lower proposition. Okay. And so you can save significantly. So we're seeing a lot more folks, for instance, do a five or seven year arm that's fixed for that initial period, but still amortized over a 30 year loan. So they're getting the lowest payment possible, but taking advantage of those rates. Uh, we're not seeing as many folks look at lower terms, mm -hmm. you know, where there's been demand for 15 year, even 10 year maturities, mostly 30 year products now. But yeah, there's a lot of creativity in the market. We're also seeing uh, new products that really haven't been available for many years and not a, a subprime, but kind of an alternate um, um, non-QM, non-qualified mortgage market where okay. we're seeing bank statement loans. You know, folks qualifying off of bank statement deposits, both personal and business. Hmm. Uh, we're seeing a lot of investor cash flow right now. Uh, that is definitely an emerging market we're doing more of. Um, even some banks are starting to get into stated income a little bit. Okay. You know, so it's opening up where I, I think with rates going up and, and um, you know, diverse balance sheets, banks are looking to find ways to qualify people in more nuanced ways. I've bought at least two houses using an arm and they worked out great because I'm in sure. real estate and you're always yeah. looking yeah. at houses and you're moving around a little bit more than maybe average people do. But 
So what you're saying is if, hey, if, if you're making this move and, and maybe it's your first house or maybe it's uh, something that you don't plan to be in for longer than five, seven years, it, it makes sense to consider the arm because the rate is going to be currently a little bit lower than the fixed 30 year? Sure. Okay. Yeah, and I think a lot of that, again, is, is an individual decision and, and education yeah. and making sure folks understand what happens when it adjusts. You know, many from that, especially at arms in a, a prior generation where you had these massive adjustments and the horror stories, don't understand how an arm works. You know, today's arms can be very safe, where you get, let's say, a seven-year arm. It may only adjust every six months after that, in some cases a year, but understanding the financial index that that adjustment is based on, you know, you can predict a year or two out where you're going to be and start planning ahead of time if you need to refinance or perhaps if you're going to sell the home. By national average, most folks redo their loan or sell their home every four to five years. So in my opinion, a seven to 10 year arm, those are very safe loans that likely you won't even see them to adjustment. Good point. Yeah, is there, uh, and I've heard, you know, again, not gonna ask you to put on the, the, the forecaster hat. We will run this back to see if you're right or wrong. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but what are your thoughts on, uh, on, on kind of where this goes? Like if I look into Q1, Q2 of next year, uh, and and is our rates gonna kind of settle in a, in a spot or we're gonna continue to see a good bit of volatility. What you said earlier, I completely agree with it. Two and a half, three percent. That was yeah. that was a that was a incentive. It wasn't the long term mm -hmm. plan. But where do you kind of see things if you put on your kind of forecasting hat? So I personally stopped forecasting rates in about two thousand six. Okay, okay, be, because Fair enough. that that was when we were supposed to be in ten percent. Yeah. You know, by two thousand nine. But um, but all the smart money right now is saying that later this year things will settle down. You know, we're going to have some positive inflation employment reports coming later in the year, hopefully. And that we will settle into it to a, probably in the mid fours. And that's predicted to be later this year going into Q1 next year. Next year is predicted to be one of the best years in the history of real estate. You know, so I think when things settle down, the demand will rise again. There's a chance for inventory to build back up mm -hmm. a little bit right now in some of the more competitive markets sure. with the pause we're dealing with. And so we're extremely optimistic about the direction of rates in general. But does that mean if I'm if I'm watching this and I'm thinking about buying now, I should wait to next year or should I go ahead and do it? No, because again, I don't forecast rates. <laughs> just, just, I try to get you there, but, uh, but yeah. Just as that prediction is four and a half, hey, we weren't supposed to be at six right now. Yeah. So I, I think we're in a, in a safe place where, and again, I think you have to be wise. Uh, we have extended lock options, yep. for instance, that can be floated down if rates were to improve. So I think there's a way to hedge and protect yourself against rates going up, but also leave options in place if rates were to, were to decrease. Okay, I like that. And again, bottom line, again, if you're if you're watching this and you're in the market in the triangle uh, to buy uh, or to sell real estate, we're we're still in a in a pretty good spot. We're seeing some changes, yes, where we have homes that that sit on the market mm -hmm. 30 days, uh, or the the seller only gets one offer instead of five. But that's kind of like what you said earlier. It's back to normal. It's sure. not it's not this kind of unsustainable uh, frenzy that we were in for the last mm -hmm. couple of years. And if anything, I do think they're going to be while prices in our area will continue to appreciate just not at the kind of unhealthy rate that we saw the last couple of years. Sure, I can think of several folks that we, we had pre-qualified for, for six months and we're looking at houses every weekend and lost wow. every single one and now they've removed themselves from the market. It's frustrating. Yeah. yeah, and they're looking for a new entry point. So I think there is a population of buyers who are waiting for things to settle down, for them to be a little bit more industry, uh, inventory that aren't rate dependent, but just waiting for the market to be a little normal where you can negotiate like a normal person and have conversations and, and take your time and kick the tires a little bit without having to be so impulsive. What are just a couple of quick hitting questions? What are if, if I were to say, in terms of the business, or the activity you see coming into your office, give me some of the hottest areas in the triangle. Like you know, without a doubt, you're going to work with a few people who are looking to be here yeah. uh, one day. 
Yeah, I mean, Durham is on fire. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Raleigh in general, different pockets of Raleigh more than others. Yeah. Um, Inner Beltline area, North Hills is on fire. Uh, where we're really seeing a lot of growth is Chatham County area. Um, going east out towards Johnson County, sure. uh, that area. Where your beer is from. Yep, that perfect plug-in. <laughs> Clayton, North Carolina is on fire right now. Yeah. Uh, Nash County, that area. So a lot of growth into Willow Springs. I mean, all of those areas that surround, you know, we're yeah. a little more affordable. Yep. yep. You know, we're find some land. So it really depends what that buyer is looking for. But as we see those markets boom, we also see a great number of people coming from, from big cities. Hmm who want the walkable area, yep. you know, who want more of a public transportation type environment that are looking for something in the center of Raleigh or center of Durham. So that's a good point because we do get so many relocation buyers here mm -hmm. and there are a lot of them coming from bigger metro areas, yeah. right, where they don't want to sacrifice the walkability, mm -hmm. the greenways over here, the grocery stores over here, all those things that are, but it always used to come with, but Raleigh's just so affordable compared yeah. to San Francisco, DC, mm -hmm. New York, LA. That gap is closed somewhat, but you've got your eyes on kind of what's going on in the greater landscape. Yeah. Is Raleigh still an affordable place to be compared to some of those bigger metros? No, <laughs> <laughs> not not to the same extent. Yeah, you know what, what has happened here over the last two years is simply incredible. Mm -hmm. You know when you really look at it and what's happened in certain pockets of town. So yes, by by you know some of the huge metropolis areas, affordable. But what we used to be five years ago, no, it's not. We, we've definitely evolved as a city and an, as an area. It's been as hot as a fireplace. For it, us. it has. And it is, it's putting out a little bit of heat here, so I'm gonna <laughs> take a sip of beer, but uh, we'll have to tone that down for the next chats or, or crank up the, uh, the fan outside. But um, that, that's interesting because it, literally for a decade of doing this in this area in Raleigh or more, that was the one thing that I no doubt mm -hmm. heard from every out of state buyer, whether or not they found us on Zillow or Realtor.com or our website, chapelres.com. Uh, it was, oh, this place is just so affordable. I can get yeah, so much yeah. more house here. And we're now having to have that education uh, with the same buyer, but mm -hmm. they're seeing it really quickly not be the, the case of what they saw. And in some cases, we had some buyers we were with from DC a few weeks ago, they got a little bit less house sure. here than they were, than they yeah. were So it's just phenomenal to see the amount of change in that amount of time in our market. Well, I think also you've had improvements in infrastructure, you know, with you know, coming out of a COVID environment, you have a hybrid work environment where there's not as much traffic. Yep. And so the proposition of, of going maybe 30, 45 minutes out to one of those outlying counties isn't as big of a deal as it maybe was a few years ago. You know, so I think you'll continue to see that sprawl in a healthy way. I, I agree. I, like you said, mentioned uh, Nash County, where I'm from originally, they're seeing uh, 300 house neighborhoods being planned there, yeah. which has never really happened mm -hmm. in some of these areas. And uh, Wendell, Nightdale, certainly, but like you said, even the western part of the uh, area, Chatham County, Pittsburgh, it's yeah. all booming. And now all of a sudden, those are some of the last bastions of affordable housing. Mm -hmm. If you want that dream house with the yard and, and that kind of uh, neighborhood feel, for that 300,000-ish price point, it's really difficult to find that inside the Beltline or in North Hills uh, or in kind of the core of Raleigh. Sure, and you're seeing it as well as I am. We're seeing developers and builders that are traditionally Raleigh-based or, or local-based. They're looking further out. They're yeah. moving out. And I have the conversation every day, they're looking for land, they're looking for land. Everyone's looking for land right now to develop. And so when you see that, there's so much optimism of what's coming. What is a, uh, a first step for, for if I contact Cross Country Mortgage and let's say I'm in that relocation buyer and I saw this wonderful interview with the guy cutting the grass out here and the people hitting the golf ball across <laughs> the, no, it's, it's, it's really good, we're, we're glad to be here. Um, what's the first step? Is I, I would imagine you have some people who want to be 
completely online. I don't want to talk to a person unless yes. I have to. Yes. That's all the millennials out there. Uh, and then and then you have some people who want to have that, like I want to have that sit down conversation. Let's really, what's what do you see more of and what's your preferred approach? Well, I think you have to meet your customer base where they are. Yep. You know, people still do business in the, the day with people they like and people they trust. You know, so we try to keep it simple, operate with the golden rule. And we have a fully tech-based, online, you know, text-based system where they could have minimal interaction, just submit an application, go through everything electronically, lock the rate, process everything electronically, dock upload, and they're done. We also come into the office, sit down with us, yep. you know, we'll go, especially your first time home buyer, let's go through, make sure you understand every, every piece of this, and everything in between. You know, so I think you don't want to insult the buyer who's, you brought a thousand homes and, hey, I just want to rate, I just want to go through this, tell me this program. But you also don't want to, again, not be there for the first time home buyer who needs that education, needs that support, needs you to walk them through the process. And we want to be their loan officer for life. You know? So we don't want to just talk about this transaction. You know, we really train our team. The first 30 minutes of any initial conversation should be about anything other than mortgage. You okay. know, find out who they are as a person, you know, where they're from. You know, is this their first home? Is this their 10th home? Is this their primary residence and investment? Yeah. How long do they plan on keeping it? Because all those things could change the type of loan that sure. is best suited for them. You know, they may come to you asking for a 30-year fix, but tell you, hey, I'm, I'm going to keep this property for three years and flip it. An arm is probably a better option. You know, so I think you really have to get to know the customer, not treat it like a transaction, but treat it like a relationship, and business will grow from there. Do you have the lowest rates in town? No. No. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. Yeah. That's yeah. a refreshing uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah, and there's always... I had a training call two weeks ago. I told our team, every loan you've ever done, there's been a better, better option out mm -hmm. there. You know, if you spend hours scouring, you're going to find a better rate. You know, I think we're all vanilla ice cream in terms of banks. I think we have a few sprinkles. You know, that sprinkle is our culture and our people and, and, and the way we go about it. And I think it doesn't have to be all about rate. Yep. You know, folks want the best service. You know, there's many cases in empirical evidence where people will pay a quarter higher, an eighth higher, if they have the confidence this is going to close on time. They have the confidence this guy can answer my questions. It's such a big deal because yeah, again, yeah. It's a, it rate everybody leads with the rate, right? Yep, everybody yep. wants to pay. I get it. You want to pay the lowest amount you can pay yeah. uh, for the house each month, but cannot tell you how important it is to have the lender who is going to be there and be able to approve you, not just pre-approve you, and be able to get the loan closed on time when you've got the moving truck ready and the kids are ready to go and you've got to be in the house on a certain uh, day. Those, the level of service is such an important that's of your business, although inevitably you will deal with some people who are like, just tell me what the rate is, right? Yeah. Well, just, just like your business, there's, yeah. there's online options where you can do this without, without you know, the, the full service, but you're not getting the same service. 100%. You know, yeah. and, and I think that's really what we communicate is, you know, all banks aren't, aren't, aren't equal in terms of how that staff is compensated, you know, how things are, are, are packaged and sold and serviced on the back end. So there's a lot of dynamics to go on interest rate, but at the end of the day, I think it's about getting the best service possible and be confident and that loan officer is handling your transaction. 100%. Uh, and you just heard Cedric say, buy it, buy now. Rates are really, really good. Uh, they might go up a little bit, might go down a little bit, but we're still in a really good place where interest rates are near historically low uh, norms, even though they're not just crazy, crazy yeah. low like they were. Give it, how do people find you in your in cross country? Uh, they can find us online. You know, we've got a decent presence. You know, we're a group, you know, mostly Raleigh based. We have branches throughout the Carolinas. You know, so we have teammates down in Charlotte and the Triad and other yep. parts of the state. But we're online. Look us up, Cross Country Mortgage. You know, we are. Um, what we like about Cross Country is we are a business within a business. You know, Cross Country is the second largest mortgage lender um, in the country from a correspondent perspective. But I'm not a big bank guy. You know, our, our folks aren't big bank people. You know, we like Cross Country because it offers the 
everything we need in terms of platform, but our business is locally defined. You know, all decisions are made locally. We make policy based on our market, and I think that's important. Important. We find a local market expert who has partners who can yep. who I can call you if we need some advice on what's going on or or, or need to really handhold this borrower and help them find the right property. That collaboration is important. Yeah, we did level of service, uh, attention to detail, relationship base, all those things yep. are, are how we try to run the business uh, at Chapel as well. So Cedric, thank you for, for the time today. Thanks for hanging out by the fireplace when it's 91 degrees outside. <laughs> thank you for enjoying the beer. Thanks to the folks here at the Iron Oaks for facilitating this uh, edition of Chapel Chats. We'll be back here again. Uh, so check us out on our YouTube channel. Check us out at chapelres.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Chapel Chats.